don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This week on Social Minds. The number one thing that we focus on is retention. We were joined by Hannah Anderson, the director of social and creative at Social Chain Media. In 2018, Vogue named her in its list of the 25 most influential women in Britain, alongside the likes of JK Rowling and Stella McCartney. Since then, she's become a TEDx speaker, has been featured by Stylist Magazine and The Telegraph, and she recently spoke at the NATO conference in Poland to educate the military on social media best practice. Yes, we often talk about about algorithms without actually defining what they are and what their worth is to the industry nowadays. Hannah spoke at length about this subject and also put into context some of the challenges that publishers are facing right now on Facebook, Instagram and other platforms. Twitter didn't listen to its audience for such a long time, didn't listen to its audience and I think things like that are showing the ideas. All this and more coming up. Are social media algorithms as important as our industry makes them out to be? Yes and no. I would say that you can beat the algorithm, but you also have to play the algorithm game. And I think that's more prevalent now than ever. When you're operating on social, you're always going to be having to play the game of the platform that you're on. And I would say that Facebook is the platform that is dictated the most by algorithms. There's other platforms that aren't as kind of locked down in an algorithm, but there's ways to get around an algorithm, mm. ways like amazing content can, can beat an algorithm. Mm. But ultimately, when you're operating on social platforms that are kind of out of your control, you have to you have to play the game. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say as well, more so than ever when, yeah. I mean, a lot of people listening to this will remember we were the agency that make anything go viral in 30 minutes and, you know, algorithms and playing with them are very much minutes. our <laughs> kind of thing. So they're more important because... I think as as the platforms have wanted to monetize more, of course, heavier algorithms have to come into play. It's not it's not just a free-for-all anymore. Mm. Um, in particular on, on Facebook, they're looking to expand their revenue more so and more also introducing more products that fills up the timeline. Um, you know, people are only going to be able to spend a certain amount of time on Facebook. That's only a certain amount of space. So the algorithm has to be m more strict with more content. Um, mm. So it's more difficult to beat other platforms like Twitter. It's less important because it's more real time. Instagram is is again quite algorithmic at the moment but yeah it's all about playing the game and kind of doing what the platforms want you to do which mm. is when you think about it a little bit soul destroying but it's always been the same I think it always will be when you're operating in a space that you don't completely own. Yeah just so we're 100% clear when we say algorithm what exactly is meant by that because we sort of Obviously, everyone in our industry and people that we work with know what it is. Um, so we can just describe it like, oh, the algorithm does this and a platform's yeah. algorithmic. But for anyone who isn't 100% sure on what that actually means in terms of serving content, how would you describe the algorithm? So an algorithm is essentially, I put a Rubik's Cube to explain. An algorithm is essentially just a pattern. So you use algorithms to solve a Rubik's Cube. So a pattern of things that you have to do with your hands to solve the cube. For those of you listening via audio, 
and is rather quickly <laughs> making her way through a Rubik's Cube. It sounds as complicated as... It's like that scene as, uh... in The Pursuit of Happiness. <laughs> 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 Essentially, what I'm doing is I learned the algorithms for, for this Rubik's Cube, which means the, the patterns that you have to do to solve it. And that's it's the same on, on social. An algorithm is just a, is, is a pattern. It's a pattern dictated by the platform itself in terms of what content's going to be shown to what kind of people. At the moment on, on Facebook, the algorithm is seemingly prioritising, uh, well, supposedly prioritising three-minute content in particular for us. It's also, again, in particular on Facebook, it's, it's something that you have to play by. So we found that the algorithm will give us more reach if we are putting out more and more three-minute content in terms of like the percentage of three-minute content on mm. our pages. So they're using the pattern that we're giving them to give us back reach or the pattern that it's going to go on specific timelines if we play by their rules. It's amazing that you can talk and multitask and, and like, such as that at the same time. I suppose you've had a lot of practice. Yeah, this is what um, I did instead of instead of my dissertation when I was in uni, I learned how to solve a Rubik's Cube. In, in that respect then, it's like, like, like you've said, it, it so almost sounds a bit so, well, well like you sort of think, Hannah, it sounds a bit soul destroying because you know, for anybody listening to this in any other industry, it's almost a case that seems to hinder pure creativity. You know, you can, um, our art director, Jace Bloor said something, he said, mm. you know, they're giving you the tools to be creative, but in a way that they see fit. The Rubik's Cube is sold, hey, by the presto. way. Hey, she's just finished it in that time. I'm extremely impressed. <laughs> um, and I'm glad that you, you mentioned reach before. So obviously the, the goal of an algorithm as we know it, the, the incentive that you'd have to sort of figure it out and play by the rules is to get more reach. But, you know, it's no secret that organic reach on Facebook and Instagram is on the decline massively. So I guess my question is, if we are going to have to pay to get reach anyway, why would we continue to play Facebook's rules? It depends what your objective is. If you want your content to go really, really far and engage a lot of people, then why not follow the algorithm if you're going to get that extra boost and you're not going to have to pay as much? Yeah. If your objective is to you know, pump an advert out to people, that's never, ever, ever going to really fit into the algorithm that Facebook is going to amplify organically. Yeah. Um, so it really depends on on what your um, yeah what your objective is because if if you want something to go super duper far and you've been playing by the algorithm, you've been you know publishing a lot of a lot of good engaging content, then that's going to make your content go even further. But yeah. if that's not what you want to do, if you don't want to just kind of build that brand and build that engagement, then then maybe not. But if you're, um, you know, more than happy to just pay for reach on an advert, then then go and do it. I think it's too, I mean, when you couple those two objectives together, that's when you have something quite powerful. But yeah. it really does depend um, on what, you, what you're aiming for. To do. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely say that obviously the content, you have to start at a point where the content's already strong, that you can't just throw money behind something in it and expect it to do well. But obviously, like the publishers that we own um, on social chain media, by now you guys are really well versed in both creating good content and knowing how to play the algorithm. But I guess my worry is some publishers who maybe don't have the same creative resources as we do or know not, like they don't know to take algorithmic rules with a pinch of salt will sort of think too deeply like into it like they'll think too much of it so the algorithm will tell them to do x and they'll take that so seriously that they're actually letting the quality of the content pass them by and they're not yeah. being creative in what they make i think that's almost a trap that we've 
kind of had to fall into actually in the past two months on Facebook. They've changed something in the back end that kind of looks at the percentage of content that's going out on your page. Mm. So the percentage of three minute content is a massive, massive thing for publishers at the moment. And if you're not publishing enough three minute content in comparison to content, you know, under one minute, mm. then you're just being completely striked and, are they and asking wiped, wiped now, off the planet. Are they asking for the majority of your video content to be over three minutes? Then? Yeah. That, I, in Facebook's ideal version, they would have all of your content over three minutes. But unless you have hundreds of people, that's not going to be possible. Yeah. Or unless you only post one video a week, that's mm. not going to be possible. But that's interesting. I mean, so I might be skipping ahead in terms of questions here, but we've been saying for a while that I think Facebook, obviously it wants longer videos because of mid-roll and things like that. Um, but it seems to have been trying to get rid of sort of short, what it calls cheap video content like memes etc for a long time and it hasn't succeeded like they're still all over my personal Facebook because that's what people like so I guess in that retrospect is the algorithm really as untamable as as we think it is because really if people are searching for that they're still going to get it it's still going to exist yeah I think I think you've hit the nail on the head Facebook's almost having like an identity crisis because you've got on one hand you've got Facebook who want the mid-roll revenue the revenue that they get off three minute content but on the other hand you've got the people, the people who go on Facebook for a quick five minutes um, when they're on their break at work and they just want to see a funny meme mm. and they just want to tag their mates in a funny meme. Mm. And those two aren't quite married yet. How do you guys balance between that then if Facebook's telling you to do one thing but you know the audience is asking for another? <laughs> it's very, very difficult. Very, very difficult. We're having to kind of almost play it in the, in the middle at the moment. So instead of posting, you know, typical old style memes, we'll call them, um, we're kind of taking it to the next level where we're not using a regular meme bar. It's, it's something that kind of pops up and it's it's maybe a meme that we've created in-house as opposed to, you know, a usual GIF meme. It's kind of pushing it to the next level. But our audience still still wants that stuff. Mm. And we've legitimately got Facebook in one ear saying, we don't like memes, we don't want you to use memes at all. And we've got our audience crying out for memes and it's a very turbulent place for publishers at the moment mm. you think they'd like put more stock in what their audience because your audience on facebook is their audience as well you know that's their user base you think that they'd care a little bit more about what they're asking for no <laughs> i think the one it's thing just the, money. <laughs> the one thing they care about is is money and it's quite frustrating for us because obviously like well when when i started building pages and i think it's the same for a lot of the team members like it wasn't for money it was for connecting with people and for making people laugh and it's frustrating that we're almost having to be dictated to in terms of what we can and can't publish because Facebook will mark us down if we publish memes when we you know we've we've asked our audience what do you want to see more of and every time it comes back we want to see more memes mm. and don't get me wrong I you know I love the long form content that we create I love you know when when that can fly in and it's mm. beautiful content some of the like long form sketches you guys yeah, have been putting together at the moment are actually like amazing yeah really, really funny funny stuff but our audience still wants that but wants wants memes as well and we're, we're not really able to, to to post memes because in Facebook's eyes, memes will always be 
not as valuable Um, and it is it is frustrating but it's nothing that we can't cope with I think being in this game for five years we know for a fine fact that platforms can be very fickle Mm. and not put all your eggs in one basket because they can change at any given time and for some of the more junior members of the team it might be a bit shocking that oh my god like they've changed everything like this isn't working anymore or you know they're, they're killing my reach because I've put this out or whatever it might be Reasons, but the, yeah. yeah it's it's worrying to them but for someone like me who's seen where we operate completely shift from 100% Twitter to you know spread across all of these other different platforms it doesn't worry me as much because I know for a fine fact that in our mindset as a company we We'll always just go where the people are mm. um, and if we provide the people on whatever platform it might be with with what they want to see and what they want to engage with then then we'll win and it doesn't matter you know where that is it doesn't matter if we've built 10 million followers over here um, if those if the platform changes we can get 10 million, 10 million followers over there mm. and that's what we'll go and do and that's what we are doing it's, it sounds like you never get too comfortable Hannah and you mentioned some of the ways of beating the algorithm I suppose you've got to get quite creative what would you say are they now because I imagine that they've probably gone smaller and smaller as Facebook and Twitter and whoever else have limited the amount of things you can legally within the you know context of those platforms do is it as, is it as subtle as the sort of tweaks that you mentioned like style of a piece of content rather than just the length is it the posting times I never look at it as like as as posting times it's it's quite like specific in terms of you know what what will pick up in the algorithm retention is a massive thing Mm. Um, so keeping people engaged for as long as possible Mm. will pick things up in the algorithm but that'll also drive a lot more revenue Um, so that's things like having it sounds quite simple, but having like a captivating, not the first three seconds, a captivating first 0.5 of a second. If mm. you miss your first 0.5 of a second, you've, you know, you've, you've lost it and mm. the, the, it's pointless. Um, but then also having moments at, at 10 seconds, moments at 20 seconds, that'll keep people going yeah. um, and, and keep people around until the very end. That is the number one thing that we focus on is retention. Mm. And then, like I mentioned before, and this is Facebook specific at the moment, but then when I mentioned before, like percentage of longer videos versus percentage of shorter videos, there's all of these kind of little tricks. But ultimately, and I, I like to still believe this, even though I've maybe changed my mind a little bit recently, I like to still believe that good content, regardless of posting time, regardless of what you've posted before, regardless of the amount of followers that you've got, regardless of, you know, all of the all of the little like algorithm tricks that you can do should, maybe not as true as it used to be, but should go far. Why, why, why is it not as true as it used to be? Because that used to be, you know, that's very much my position on it. That I think, you know, as working brand side, the cream should rise to the top yeah. if it's good enough you know, build it and they will come essentially. I think on any platform bar Facebook now, that still stands. On Facebook now, it's completely different. Then why would brands continue to use Facebook if it's dictating their entire creative output? I would argue that brands should still use Facebook, but look elsewhere. Yeah. Is Instagram included when you say Facebook or is that a completely different mm, proposition in a way? It's similar, but it's a completely different kettle of Not fish. Not really bad. No. I think on Instagram, because it's constantly offering new features and, you know, it's got new toys for people to play with. And what mm. I mean by that mm. is when it launched IGTV, for mm. example, that's one of their new toys and they want everyone to use it. So they'll give you... A cookie 
when you use their new shiny toy because mm. they want people to use their new shiny toy. So it's it's I think Instagram has got is still giving out things, whereas Facebook is is completely stopped giving giving They've stuff not got out any for free. Things to give away um, now, so. But Instagram will give you more than Facebook will give you at the moment. Yeah. I remember that very much being the position when I started at Social Chain a few years ago, where, you know, the time when live video first emerged and we were all making live videos yeah. because the reach was phenomenal. And it was almost just like, you know, it was purposely gamed for you to reach more people. Yeah. And I find that quite interesting. But again, the, the point I'm trying to get back to and sort of get out of you as well is it sounds very scientific. It doesn't sound very creative and that must be quite frustrating for you and for, you know, anybody yeah. who works either side of this. It uh, is. It's it's hard when you pile a lot of resource and time and energy into a piece that is fantastic and will do really, really well in terms of, take an example, a video, three minute video, it's it's being made, it, it might be a sketch. It goes out, it's got everything that, that is right about what it should be. It gets great retention, it gets fantastic engagement, loads of comments, and then the reach get, gets capped because you haven't posted enough three minute videos this week. So it's not even on an individual merit of the content, it's your page and how it's working. It's the whole page health and how that's working. And that is so like that that to the guys who've spent you know days making that it's 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 soul destroying mm-hmm. um but we've got to play the game yeah so the yeah. it must be so frustrating i mean obviously when you put that much effort into a, a piece of content and it is good and you're really proud of it and those cases where whatever's going on with the algorithm is saying no you know yeah. we're not going to let you see it but on the flip side of that do you ever think that sometimes algorithms or like oh there's been a change or a tweak can be used as a bit of a scapegoat for bad content yes i do think i do think that can be definitely can be the case but like i said i think my my mind has been changed in the past why is why is that you, you said your mind's been changed just yeah, because the... it's it's such a drastic change recently such a drastic just intensified. change because i felt yeah. like you know like last year was it last year we always get mixed up on this date when they did the whole pivot to meaningful engagement yeah it's probably just over a year ago now that was the most dramatic change to come along in so long and we probably thought that was the turning point and yeah. actually it's continued to to worsen yeah i think when they introduced for publish publishers when they introduced you know monetizing content although it was a blessing it was it was also a curse because it meant that everything was scrutinized more um you know the big players who are, have the mass amount of resource to play the game will win and, and sometimes the you know the more up and coming people might not when meaningful engagement came in I, I i can remember i think i was on i was on a video and i said i said no you know i said good content will always will always go far um regardless but now that it's to the point where Everything on your page is taken into account. You know, you've got to tick so many different boxes. Now, I think even great content can mm. can be limited yeah. um, based on what you've done in the past mm. month, which is a bit frustrating for the guys. But all that means that we have to do is we have to make sure that every single day that we're hitting, ticking those boxes. And since we've started ticking those boxes, like the numbers have skyrocketed. Yeah, well, So it, it's, you know, you, you play the game and you win. Yeah, I remember you saying at the time when Meaningful Engagement came in that if... You know, if these are the new rules, so be it. We'll just continue to make better content and it'll push us to be better creators. You know, in hindsight now, do you think that not just our uh, publishing brands, but 
publishers in general, do you think they are better now for that change or are they worse off for it? Because so many like turned away from Facebook. Yeah. Some even had to close their doors. I don't know if that's the people who were, well, I have a sneaking suspicion that some of them are the people who were taking the algorithm a bit too seriously and let their content sort of slip by the wayside. Yeah. But on I the whole. I think not worse off, but that's because of our mindset. I think it depends what you mean by worse off as well, because Obviously, you look at things like views and, um, you know, how easy it was to grow back then. And, you know, it, it was a, it was a very simple place to operate. In, in my mind, anyway, it was a very simple place to operate. You kind of could chuck out content and you'd get views back, you'd get followers back, you'd get, you know, mm. revenue back, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, whereas now it's not as simple. So if you look at that as worse off, then, then yeah, possibly. But what that's kind of alerted us to even more so than than ever in the past is is the fact of like you can't put all your eggs in one platform yeah and I don't think we're worse off at all because what we've been doing recently is expanding on new platforms yeah diversifying um, I think diversifying. The, the publishers who put all their eggs in the Facebook basket will probably be be worse off but I mean even the ones who are diversifying but still using content I guess is their content in a stronger place than it was or not I would say so yeah I would say so I, I would say it's kind of push people to be to be better with their content and to create create more meaningful stuff I think that memes are meaningful I think they give people like the opportunity to like mm. connect with one another and kind of express themselves and I think that is very very meaningful but it has pushed us to create more things that people will watch for a longer period of time, mm. things that will like genuinely move people. And that's that's a cool thing to, to be able to do more of. What Facebook says is meaningful and then what we regard as meaningful can be like two yeah. different things. I agree with you. I think memes can be really powerful as well. So you said like obviously it's a really good chance to be able to make this longer form content that, you know, can like push us out of our comfort zone a little bit. Um, but going back to what is now the minimum requirements of long form versus short form video, you say if you haven't hit like your quota for three minute long videos every week, your reach gets capped. But is it a case, obviously only companies with massive resource can make loads of long form videos all the time. Is it a case where they're asking you to put out this many long form videos or can you actually decrease your output on the whole and just change the ratio? Yeah, decrease the output on the whole. Yeah. Um, that's what, what we've done. I've seen, I've seen a few other publishers do that as well. I know Brave Bison, and a few of their brands um, have completely decreased output to, to three videos a day when I think they were only doing, when they were doing like 24 mm. a day previously. Wow. That still feels quite a lot though. Yeah, um, but for, you know, for, for smaller brands, for, for smaller publishers, um, it's it, from what I know at the moment and from what I've tested and seen across across mm. the board um it's about ratio it's about ratio of over three minute which is kind of prime time in terms of facebook that's what they want over one minute is good mm. under one minute is kind of seen as like yeah. not not so good we're talking a lot about video is video the only strategy now on facebook no definitely not there's there's images actually do quite well when i say images i mean for us it's kind of like meme images will we'll do really well it's not like just a picture of you know, a picture a of a dog. <laughs> and one of the things I want to ask you, I suspect a lot of, you know, would-be content creators, you know, follow you and would be listening to this. What sort of skills are you looking for among people now in the sense that, you know, being able to create great content isn't just the be-all, end-all now? It seems like an awareness of trends is one thing yeah. and kind of maybe a coding kind of knowledge or background. And the one thing that I look for when I'm hiring, and it's quite difficult to explain, because this... This job doesn't really exist in many places. 
is an innate understanding of how people act like that that is all you need like I am not you know I'm not a very scientific person um, I'm not I'm not physically able to make videos myself but how I grew my pages and how I will continue to do so within the teams that I work with is having like a, a hyper empathy a hyper understanding of how people act and feel and I think that's the one thing that you need to come into my team and it's really hard to find it's really hard to describe you just need to get it yeah. and, and a, a lot of people don't a lot of people yeah. can't can't put themselves in other people's shoes so it's, I see quite a few brands do this where they just like shout their message out and it's like there's a person on the end of that message who couldn't give a shit what like what that is mm -hmm. and that's the the main ultimate thing is the ability to put yourself on the other side of that phone screen and think what would I think if I saw that on my phone screen yeah. and if you can't that's a very simple question to ask yourself but if you can't think like that then you're not going to make it in content at mm. all being able to translate that like hyper empathy or that like putting yourself in other mm. people's shoes into physically creating something that you know would make that person feel x y or z yeah. is the most rare and amazing skill but then again i can imagine frustration because then we go back to that point of you know in in print advertising that would be enough in tv advertising that would probably be enough now when you're playing this algorithm game it's like you know it's, it's going back to that point you were saying is does the cream rise to the top you know you can do all that and you empathize with people on that level but on the other hand if you've got facebook there telling you that okay right you know we don't care how meaningful how this how that it is maybe you empathize you know, with facebook almost, as well you have yeah. to both. there's a sense that you're still working within that kind of yeah brain which i think it's almost different it's in my mind that's two different people yeah so you've got the more data-minded people who will spot the fact that the percentage of three-minute videos was down this week, um, mm. the reach has gone down this week, who translates that across to the people who know how to make great content. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what we're doing at the moment is mm. marrying up those two kind of separate mindsets. I would say I'm more on the content side, but there is people within social chain media who can kind of think, mm. oh God, right, we've done that. So that's why. So that happens with that. Yeah. Do, do the growth hackers still exist? I remember a few years ago, it was very, you could call yourself a growth hacker and say, well, if you do this and do this and do this, you can essentially, like you said, beat the algorithm. Mm. For a while until you get half of LinkedIn out. still preaches that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I think they do, and I think they're in um, they're in our office. Um, I think maybe not on Facebook, but you know, on TikTok, for example, mm. we. <laughs> it was only a couple of months ago that I said to a couple of guys in my team, "Let's go on TikTok." And then you fast forward a few months and we've got 1.3 million followers on TikTok because the guys know how to beat that algorithm. And, and all, all they've done is test and learn, like trial and error, like, right, that didn't work. So I won't do that anymore. That mm. did all right. I'll do a few more of those. Oh, wow, that banged. I'll do that 10 times more. Yeah. Um, and that's growth hacking. It's just trial and error. Like what what works? I'll do that loads and loads more. And, and it does. And, and, you know, the guys have absolutely smashed it. Mm. Um, same with like, you know, we're even thinking about regrowing again on Twitter. That excites me. Yeah. 
because Twitter's Twitter's an interesting one. I just got a feeling. I got a feeling a, a couple of weeks ago, like just out of the blue. It was one weekend. And I was like, I was like, we need to grow again on Twitter. We need to see what we can do on Twitter. And I just had this feeling. Mm. And I created an account, and then two days later, I get a message off Steve, and he goes, Hannah, we need to grow again on Twitter. I've I've got a feeling. You're right. I think like being this close to everything, you do get that gut feeling. You yeah. know when something's about to shift, and you know where to go. So if we're looking at other platforms, then you guys obviously not just putting your eggs in Facebook's basket. Do you think there'll come a point or a day where Facebook will be giving you too much grief or it's become too hard and it's not fruitful enough and you will just focus on the other platforms you've built or maybe looking at like some businesses are looking at creating their own spaces like developing their own apps or even going back to email marketing? Mm. I honestly don't know. There might be. There might be a day when Facebook just shuts off and isn't isn't worth it. Like past five years has taught me that like you can you never ever can can guess. Mm. But um, it's still worth it right now. It's still worth it right now. Hundred percent still worth it right now. So so worth it right now for us. You know it's 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 one of our main kind of revenue drivers in terms of the mid roll adverts that we get on mm. on the videos that we create. I still really like Facebook, but I think there might be a day in the future when it, when it comes to the point where you know it's it's not it's it's not worth it and you're always going to be susceptible to the algorithm um and it, it is why you know we've started investing in things like podcasts because we own our podcasts yeah facebook or you know spotify or apple Podcasts doesn't own them they, yeah they, they can't just touch host that. them um, they can't touch it we own our audience in podcasts it's why we're investing in things like um you know chatbots and and text messages email i think is quite interesting i think it is something that we could definitely look into but it's also why we want to try new emerging platforms like like TikTok, although we'll be yeah. susceptible to the algorithm there, we know that we might be able to ride it for the next yeah. five years. But they're not and, as and, volatile yeah. as Facebook right now. And, and if we can ride it for five years, like we've we've ridden algorithms for the past five years and we've done all right. So if we can ride the TikTok one or whatever it might be for the next five years, then so be it. And then whatever comes after that, that won't, then we'll ride that as well. Yeah. I'll just get back to Twitter in a second because I think that'd be quite interesting for a lot of people. But uh, touching on Facebook again very quickly, it strikes me that the last thing Facebook wants to do is kind of piss off its publishers and, you know, move to that point where you may decide this isn't worth it for us anymore. It seems like they'd be biting their nose to smite their face a bit because the reason people go to Facebook a lot of the time is for the sort of content that you guys produce. So with that in mind, how much value do you think as publishers, as social chain media, as whoever you propose to Facebook? I think we provide a lot of value. The problem is there's a lot of publishers and Facebook... It needs its publishers, but does it need every single one? Mm. Maybe not. That's and I think, where lots and I think of smaller ones have struggled. Yeah, and I think that that's why it's a difficult time to be a publisher because they've got so many to choose from. Mm. Um, you could argue that we're in a bit of a privileged, privileged yeah. position because like the pages are really high quality. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you can talk about it, are there some pages that don't stand to do as well as others? You don't have to name them, but is that something that's happening? Not necessarily. I think there's some of our pages that you know we thought might not do as well that are doing a lot better than than we ever thought yeah um i do think you know if you were to start a publish a social publishing company right now it would be incredibly incredibly difficult and we mm. are lucky and privileged that we got in at the right time but 
um, I couldn't sit here and say that Facebook needs us specifically. It needs its publishers. It needs, you know, all of them. But whether or not it needs a specific one or, you know, I don't think Facebook yeah. needs anyone. It's do massive. Ever, do you ever suspect that it plays like the favouritism game with some? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I wonder if you could see a future where Facebook would... I mean, I feel like not naive enough to to think that Mark Zuckerberg, perhaps this has crossed his mind. Well, what if we, you know, the one who always cuts out the middle person, what if we just became the publisher? You know, do you, would you see a future where Facebook might decide to take it in-house and be like, right, okay, we're going to start doing this? Yeah, can't say why not. Why yeah, not? I, don't, I don't think they would do that. I think they're focused on other things right now. I think they've got so much, fla- maybe one one day they might have done but they've got so much flack for like fake news and yeah. like, are you a news outlet? Are you not? That they're them. just like, okay, no, we're actually going to let others. So what about the news page? Have you guys explored that? It's going to be like the new Facebook news page. Is that something you guys can get involved with? It will be something we're looking into. So we've got an editorial team who are constantly publishing news stories. I think it'll be interesting to see how that pans out. Mm. Um, with all of these new features, I'm always quite skeptical as to how they will work yeah. because because of the like behavior change that in, that needs to occur and yeah. how people use the platform. Yeah. Do you think Facebook's lost its touch slightly with new features? Because say that like, yeah. Instagram brings out something for stories, everyone loves it, it tends to work well, people get excited about it. But it seems more and more Facebook has been trying to uh, put things onto its users that people haven't necessarily asked for. No. And they, they don't always take, you know, they've brought out a few products that have frankly flopped yeah they almost seem like a necessity for facebook rather than one with the news thing i question whether people like do people go on facebook to search for news i don't think they go on to search for it again i don't want to fall into the trap of just like like thinking everyone does what i do but it's something that you you come across across, yeah so that's that's what i mean i think that behavior change is quite big it's almost like articles will not necessarily interrupt my news feed but when i think of facebook i don't think oh i'm going on facebook because i want to read an article i think that 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 shift would need to would need to happen for that to work like if i want news i just get like the push notifications news blast to my phone and that takes me like straight through to like an actual news outlet on facebook i feel like it's more i don't want to say passive but like kind of it's it's kind of passive like yeah i just end up scrolling and don't even know what i'm looking for until something makes me stop because it surprises me and then if it's good maybe i'll stay but you know, there's very select things that you seek out on Facebook. I don't think they've cracked it yet, no. in a sense as well. It's it's like they seem to be going backwards, don't they? It's like to take Ubers, they needed to make them better than black cabs and cheaper and whatnot. Facebook are kind of, you know, they seem to be doing a lot of little things. I want to skirt back to Twitter because it makes sense mm. to sort of end full circle with this. So to you know, to add a bit of context to this. I mean, social chain. Even when I joined, you know, many years ago, three four years ago, it was very much. Um, you know, Twitter was the de facto uh, platform. Now, you briefly gave us a, a, a little bit of an exclusive and said that, uh, you know, Steve's had a feeling about it. You've had a feeling about it. I've been saying it that? for months. Steve's <laughs> been saying it for months. What is, what is that? Um, what is that feeling? Why why, why Twitter? Why now? Why, why go back? Or why try it? I just it? think, so what happened with Twitter maybe two or three years ago is the purpose of it changed. And I don't mean that Twitter specifically change the purpose i just mean like where twitter was the place that you went for news for life updates it wasn't anymore the place that you went for funny content like like it completely 
shifted away. So when I first joined Twitter, it was very much, it was all jokes, all relatable comedy, it was memes, mm. and that just completely like mm. stopped. So that stopped being where you went, you know, maybe to 2016, 17, mm. and it changed to to where you went when something was going on in the world, which is still is mm. to this day. Because so people were posting memes on Facebook at that point, yeah, I guess. Yeah, people were posting and on Instagram. Yeah. So you didn't go to Twitter anymore for that. You went for Twitter for if something was happening in the world. So... I remember when the Manchester bombings happened and I remember just following everything on Twitter, lying mm. in bed yeah, thinking, oh Christ, what, what's going on? It was all over Twitter and that was what that what, what it was. And then more recently I've seen the shift kind of back. I guess as Facebook's not liking yeah. memes, people have started to put them back yeah. on Twitter. So, so Twitter started to shift this way back and I'll scroll through Twitter now and I'll think, mm, this is the funny stuff again and, yeah. this, and it's where I find myself going mm. and I think it's the same across the board. Mm-hmm. So I find myself going when I want to be entertained. Just that very subtle shift and I'm yeah. like, now is maybe the time. You're right as well. It's not just you. Like Twitter is 100% in my opinion back in that space. Yeah. Like I go there to be entertained also. So that's that's my thoughts and feelings at the moment. And I just think now is the time to get back on there and mm. see. And would you to, say to Twitter's less volatile a space for brands and publishers? Because Twitter needs us way more than Facebook ever will. Way, way more. Because it's smaller. It's smaller than Facebook. Mm. You know, Facebook's this massive, huge conglomerate. Yeah. Not that Twitter isn't, but... a bit more of an Twitter, even value exchange with yeah, them where it's not just like exchange. a dictator and like slave yeah. driver. Twitter wants as many reasons as possible to get people to go there. And if we're putting mm. good content on there that people are enjoying, yeah. then... It might just get its way as well by doing, you know, what people want Facebook to do. You know, in the news just last night, it broke uh, Jack Dorsey's banning all political yeah. ads, which people have been calling on Facebook to do. And I just think, you know, I'm feeling an uprising. Yeah. Viva the Twitter, it's happening. Yeah, for such a long time... Twitter didn't listen to its audience for such a long time, didn't listen to its audience. And I think things like that are showing that it is. Mm. Very relevant as well with the, they took a bit of a hit in Q3 with their advertising revenue, you know, so what perfect time to get more eyes on Twitter at the moment. I'd be interested to to see what, you know, social media pages certainly do with that. We'll see how it pans out. Should be interesting. Exactly. Um, I feel like we've left on a bit of a kind of uh, exclusive slash recommendation. It's a cliffhanger. Everyone go to Twitter now. Go, go, go. Exactly. (laughs) Follow me at Hands Hands. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, we'd love to, uh, well, obviously the Facebook group, Hannah, that you know about, Social Minds. If anybody's got any more questions on there about Twitter, Facebook or anything otherwise, Um, please feel free to engage in a conversation, I suppose, Mm -hmm. and I will try to chip in as well and add add my two cents where possible, um, as I'm sure he will. But fantastic. Thanks very much for joining us again. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young and produced by Ollie Thompson.